Week one in the books. Week two is here to the ladies, to the gentlemen, to the fellas, to the fellas, to the fellas. Welcome back to the channel. Cracking this bad boy open early Tuesday mornings with our early week best picks, if you will. And I'm telling you, it's only Tuesday, but the amount of research that this brain of mine has put into this slate is going to be a lot. Full recaps already went up on targets and touches on Patreon. We're going to have projections coming out later today or tomorrow. I'm recording this again and releasing on Tuesday morning. But welcome in, everybody. We're going position by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And we're taking a look at my early interests and a bunch of stuff, a bunch of data from week one, a bunch of matchup stuff coming forward for later in the week, but also in this here video. Welcome if you're brand new. About 400 people subscribed through this video last week the best picks first look whatever you want to call it video from week one so if you're going to be new here there's going to be a lot of you watching this video over 12,000 of your eyes were on this bad boy over 1,500 people on the podcast were on this bad boy so please do before we get into this week two knowledge totally free here cancel your subscriptions that you're paying $350 a month for and all this crazy wacky ridiculous pricing that you're paying monthly for and please do take a second of your time right here on this free information hum for DFS fantasy sports whatever you want to say sports betting like button for me real quick big ol's subscribe and it pops up on the screen. You can tap that bad boy in the bottom right hand corner. And if you're watching right now, either on the podcast or if you're watching live, if you leave a review on Apple iTunes store, $50 giveaway to one person who leaves a review this week. Sometimes there's only two people who leave a review. 50-50 odds is pretty damn good. Sometimes there's 10. 10% odds for no buy-in is pretty damn good. So go leave a review on the Apple iTunes store. The podcast name is The Sal Vetri Show. If you're not listening on the podcast, and if you are, hit the subscribe button while you're over there. I really do appreciate it. It helps a ton. So with all that said, let's start this bad boy off. And we're going to start it right off with the quarterbacks that are going to be sponsored today by Monkey Knife Fight. If you are not familiar with Monkey Knife Fight, they're, they're literally taking over the DFS space. I mean, they're partnering up with like every single team. They just partnered up with the Miami Dolphins. They partnered up with the Brewers. So many golfers, Charlie Hoffman, a bunch of stuff that they're doing right now is absolutely ridiculous they're crushing the game monkey knife fight promo code sal nfl all one word will get you a free five five dollar play over there it will get you an extra free contest over there and and right now i think they're doing a special promotion for the nfl that you'll just get like a 50 dollar extra credit and and not only that but i'm going to give you my 10 hour daily fantasy course with a bunch of downloadables i made it last year for the nfl dfs i'll give it to you completely just as well for free i usually sell it for 90 dollars. so all that stuff if you just deposit the minimum of ten dollars on monkey knife fight promo code sal nfl it's a it's a profiting site right it's more less is more or less fantasy points so if you have projections if you have mine if you have anybody's it'll help you with that over there more or less receptions that stuff it's just pretty much player props but they'll also incorporate fantasy scoring into it for every single game that you can think of it's a ton of fun go ahead and check it out they usually run great promotions and right now they're running an insane one through my channel as a partner here so check it out promo code sal nfl that is the logo up above monkey knife fight they're sponsoring the quarterbacks for week two and we're going to start right off with maddie ryan maddie ryan oh my god he supplied three wide receivers in week one with nine receptions on 12 targets and over 100 yards. Yes, even Russell Gage in the slot. Yes, Julio, of course, doesn't get in the end zone again, but he goes off on nine receptions and 12 targets. Calvin Ridley finds the end zone twice. This team was just going absolutely berserk. Matt Ryan in week one averaged 8.3 yards per attempt. They obviously were down a lot, so that's why they were throwing so much. The team that threw the most times per game and ran the most passing plays per game last year in the NFL, oh, well, they just got out quickly on that one this year. 54 attempts. There's clear stacking options here. You're going to have raised price points for Ridley that we get to. That's fine. You could still stack with him. Julio, you could still stack with him. Hayden Hurst let a lot of people down, but his matchup against Seattle's Bobby Wagner in the middle of the field linebacker and Jamal Adams, potentially the best free safety and cover safety in the secondary, was going to be brutal either way. Hayden Hurst was the only tight end to see two deep targets in week one. I haven't had the Monday Night Football daddy yet, but based on the Sunday and Thursday slates, the only tight end to see two deep targets of 20 plus yards. He ran 45 routes. Again, they were trailing a lot, so they had to just run more routes and pass more, but Hayden Hurst is going to be fine. Do not worry about it. That's another stacking 
passing option. The overall game total in this bad boy is coming in at a 50, and they come in early on the Falcons as seven-point underdogs. So if you're going to tell me that the Falcons are going to be trailing again in this one, and a secondary that no longer has Byron Jones, that has a couple of rookies and second-year players in there for the Cowboys with a bunch of studs, obviously, that we just went through. Russell Gage being another one who's not a stud, but another weapon in the slot for stacking options. Yes, I will take Matt Ryan here at $6,600, whose price decreased $100 after last week's heroic efforts of getting all of our fantasy plays there on the back of his arm. Next up, Matthew Stafford here, who's also going to be coming in as a five and a half point underdog, just a 20.25 total. This is not in any ranking order right now. I do have about the first six or seven guys are going to be yeses for me, but Matt Ryan, then Matt Stafford. Look, no get Kenny Galladay last week hurt. He had to rely on throwing 10 targets to the rookie, Quentin Cyphus, who wasn't terrible, but look, that's not going to pay off long term. Marvin Jones got a lot more attention last week. This week against the Packers, you're going to have Kevin King, who usually takes the taller wide receiver. So if there is not going to be any Kenny Galladay, it's actually probably going to be better for Marvin Jones to avoid Jair Alexander, but either way, it's going to be a matchup nightmare. Jair Alexander on Kenny Galladay has not usually paid off well in these matchups because he's got like five inches on him. Marvin Jones is just a Packer killer in general. There's obviously stacking options here. TJ Hawkinson in the middle of the field was fine against the Packers defense that really has no linebackers, whether it's in covering or also in the run game. And we saw that yet again. So I'm not in love with Stafford at $6,200, 1.5X multiplier in Superdraft promo code Sal gets you a 50% deposit match over there up to $1,000 Ruskies. They're going to have contests that don't fill. That's continuing to happen. 125,000 player contest, $15,000 to first for week two over on Superdraft. Matthew Stafford will definitely likely make my quarterback stacks overall. Last week, I think I played overall like 12 quarterbacks. The majority of that was like four or five, taking up the bulk of my ownership, majority meaning 50 plus percent. Kyler Murray at $6,100 is going to be the absolute chalk. He's way too cheap on DraftKings. We saw what he did in week one against a good San Francisco 49ers defense. People are getting in my mentions saying, Christian Kirk, real good play, huh? You said you were so high on drafting him. I mean, the people who take early victory laps after I said in a Friday video that Christian Kirk had the worst matchup on the entire week against Richard Sherman and was going to be quote unquote sacrificed there. That's exactly what happens. Now he gets the complete opposite in matchups against the Washington defense secondary where Fabian Moreau was actually pretty good last week and told him the coverage for the Washington in the secondary, but I don't think that's going to be a big deal. And if anything, he's going to be on DeAndre Hopkins, but you have the mobility of Kyler Murray. There was a bunch of rushing yards in week one for him and a lot of quarterbacks, right? He's just too cheap here. The mobility is going to help him. Kirk is going to be in a lot better matchup this week, and he's also going to be cheap. You obviously have DeAndre Hopkins as your stacking options. You can put Kenyon Drake with him. The correlation compared to the wide receivers is not fantastic, but it's there. Larry Fitzgerald ran 90% of his snaps out of the slot. I don't really want to be playing GBP Larry Fitzgerald, but a Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray stack against Washington, and you want to bring it back with probably Terry McLaurin. That sounds pretty damn good to me. Phillip Rivers against the Vikings that just got decimated by the Packers. Colton Hill. Oh my God. He had to get himself some new shoes because Devontae Adams was just burning them right off his feet. Devontae Adams went absolutely berserk and it was primarily against Colton Hill. Outside of that, they have Mike Hughes there, who is very meh at best, right? Their safeties are supposed to be decent, but meh right now, right? Their cornerbacks looked absolutely brutal. And now you have Phillip Rivers coming in here, who just went berserk in week one from a passing yards perspective. Minnesota allowed 350 plus yards to Aaron Rodgers, who looked like vintage 2010 Aaron Rodgers. Very scary sight to see Aaron Rodgers in stadiums with no fans on the road. That's going to be literally Aaron Rodgers' playground, especially if it's a dome. But yeah, Phillip Rivers, we've seen the stacking options. It now looks like after week one, the chemistry that they were talking about in camp from Phillip Rivers and Paris Campbell looks to be all there. I'm not going to go out on a limb right now and say he's the number one receiver, the slot plus Chris Goblin type, but you should be very happy if you own Paris Campbell and he's still too cheap this week to stack with. T.Y. Hilton saw nine targets on the outside, had a decent game. He's still too cheap to stack with. You still have Jack Doyle if you want to go there, but pretty strong stacks right now against Minnesota with the obvious run back option of probably Adam Thielen in the passing game and or Dalvin Cook if you want to. I like this spot for Philip Rivers, the leaky everywhere in Minnesota right now in the secondary. And the arrow is pointing all the way up for this Colts team and Philip Rivers threw 37% of his passes to running 
running backs last week. 17 of his attempts went to running backs. No Marlon Mack now, and Jonathan Taylor is named the starter after catching 100% of his six targets in week one. Naeem Himes also caught passes, so they are going to be correlated with him. I would probably more so want to be stacking Jonathan Taylor with a Philip Rivers stack, but there's a chance that I do put Naeem Himes in there. We'll, we'll circle back on that later in the week. Look, Jared Goff right now, the Rams against the Eagles. Look, the Rams look good. The play-action passing was absolutely clicking. 41.2% of his attempts were off of play-action passing. That's going to work. A 92% adjusted completion percentage was top five before the Monday night football games. 8.9 yards per attempt, and he has the clear stacking options right now of the two main ones being Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But if you really wanted to, you could throw in Tyler Higby into there. If you really wanted to, you could throw in Josh Reynolds into there. So Jared Goff right now against the Eagles looks pretty strong. Those stacks of Robert Woods and or Cooper Cup are going to be nice. And again, the play-action passing, what do you want? You want efficiency. He was as efficient as possible against the Cowboys. Play-action passing, shout out McVay for that. He actually had decent protection, and a lot of that was probably because of play-action passing, keeping the defense on their toes. Malcolm Brown was actually having a decent game running. You had Cam Akers breaking five tackles in his rookie debut. Five of eight beta tackles is a very good number. That's pretty much like what Josh Jacobs was averaging last year in his rookie year, but also led the league in beta tackles. So yeah, I think that you're gonna have a nice matchup at $5,800 for a guy in Jared Goff. Also worth pointing out for Kyler Murray, another point, a 26.25 team implied total against Washington. That looks very nice. Now we get into a couple more guys that have very high totals that I love. Tom Brady, $6,500. Didn't like Tom Brady last week. If Mike Evans is out again, I'm probably not going to like him this week. But, but, but it is worth pointing out that Scotty Miller had a very good game, at least for Scotty Miller standard in his price point, without Mike Evans being 100% healthy last week. But Mike Evans ran 39 rounds. He just faced Marshawn Lattimore, and he was obviously banged up. If they're saying that Mike Evans is going to be more so probable for this game and not doubtful to questionable like he was last week, and he's looking healthy, Mike Evans is dirt cheap this week, and we'll get there in a second. But stacks of Mike Evans, Godwin, they start to look really good. Rob Gronkowski did not run a lot of rounds, did not look that great overall. OJ Howard was playing better overall than him. Rob Gronkowski only ran one route out of the slot or out wide. That doesn't feel great, but Evans at a cheap price point and Goblin at an affordable price point for Tom Brady in these types of stacks against the Carolina secondary that just got obliterated. And I mean obliterated by Derek Carr overall. Their front seven got obliterated by Josh Jacobs on the ground. So yes, this is a very good spot for Tampa Bay to get back on track. They're eight and a half point favorites with a 28.5 overall team total. That looks good. Dak Prescott in a loss. Now gets Atlanta. I like this spot for them. A 28.5 team total. I do like Zeke, so I'm not gonna probably... I do like Zeke as well. And you did see some correlation with Dak and Zeke two years ago. You saw some last year, a little bit less. And then you saw early on this year that there was correlation from Zeke catching a touchdown pass. So, so I do like Dak in this one. You have the clear stacking options of everybody right now. Amari Cooper had a pretty nice game. Dak was pressured on 42% of his dropbacks. So this is going to be an issue. Are they going to be missing Lyle Collins? Are they going to be missing their center, Travis Fredericks, who retired? There's a lot changing on this offensive line and Dak was under pressure a ton, which is concerning. 24% of his passes were off of play action passing. That's good to see. 6.8 yards per attempt. It's kind of meh. It's okay. But you have the stacking options. And that's the big thing. No more Blake Jarwin. We'll see if it's Dalton Schultz. We'll see if it's Blake Bell. We'll see if it's Delaney Walker or some tight end that they're going to be signing. But you know, you have CeeDee Lamb who played 90 plus percent of his snaps out of the slot. If Michael Gallup, who didn't have a fantastic game, was kind of shut down. Then you have Amari Cooper who did have a very good game on double digit targets. So you have the clear stacking options and a nice team total at $6,800. Dak Prescott is also in play for me. And then I have a bunch of maybes, right? Lamar Jackson, $8,200. It always comes down to if you want to pay for Lamar. He was very efficient yet again. He had like a 12% touchdown percentage in week one. Absolutely crazy on 11 yards per attempt. Extreme extremely efficient yet again. I don't know when this is going to stop, if it will ever stop. And now he's in a great spot with the 29.75 team total, the highest on the slate. He's obviously in play. The only reason why he's not a yes and he's a maybe, like he's a yes if you want to consider him in cash and you find the value. He's only a maybe because of his price point when it comes to GPPs for stacking options. Same exact analysis could be wrapped over to Patrick Mahomes with a 28 and a half team total today. Like you're going to be getting Patrick Mahomes probably scoring 25 fantasy points somewhere around there. And then you have to ask yourself, do I think Dak Prescott? Do I think Tom Brady? Do I think Kyler Murray at cheaper price points can get me there or similar price points in Dak Prescott's 
case. So I think that all those guys at cheaper price points can get me there. That's where I'm at right now. And then I'm going to be deciding later in the week on guys like Gardner Minshew, who had, who had an elite 8.7 yards per attempt, and now his price points up. Three touchdowns on just 28 attempts was very Russell Wilson-like. 142 player rating, but he did get sacked four times. How long can he keep that up for? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, my boy, went off in week one. But now he's priced all the way up to the point where if you want to stack him on Devonta Adams, it's very expensive. And then you want to pick your poison with MVS, who did drop two of his six targets, which did not look good, but also came through on a couple of his other targets. Aaron Rodgers attempted 10 deep passes in week one, was not sacked once, 8.3 yards per attempt. He looked like 2010 Aaron Rodgers, and he was only pressured on 16% of his overall dropback. So these guys are in play, but the main guys right now that I'm looking at overall are going to be Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Jerry Goff, Philip Rivers, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan. But if you know me and I'm playing stacks, 10 to 12 quarterbacks are going to get in there for stacks. So I assume some other guys leak in. We'll see by the end of the week. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, all these guys potentially can get in there. I do have Daniel Jones on here as a maybe, and I was just waiting on Monday Night Football to kind of make the analysis there. I'm going to put him as a no for now at 5,800. I would just rather go to Gardner Minshew or Teddy Bridgewater at the exact same price or definitely Jared Goff. I can't get the Daniel Jones after I just saw what their offensive line was. Obviously, the Steelers last year were top five run defense. They were top five overall pressure unit. So it's going to be bad your offensive line no matter what when you're facing a team like that or at least worse. But they looked rough. Like there was no time developing. The only times that he actually had time developing, he was hitting Darius Slade downfield for touchdowns. So hopefully, hopefully they get a little bit more time. But it did look like last year's early on Eli Manning offense that was just dump offs to Saquon because there's no time for the quarterback to throw. Heading into running backs now, if you're liking the content so far, if you think you got smacked with some education, some information, give yourself a little bit of a like button. Give that one to me. That's free. Give yourself personally a pat on the back for you for finding this channel and then hit the big old subscribe button in the top right corner. For running backs, Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Once again, a wild 65 snaps of the running back snaps, 65 of 68. This man did not come off the field all that much. Mike Davis was the man who saw three snaps at the backup. So if you have Christian McCaffrey, you might want to just get Mike Davis for the hell of it. But his insane 2019 role continues as he had 120 plus yards, had a couple of receptions and two touchdowns. Just a very easy peasy, like 27 plus fantasy point day for Christian McCaffrey. His price point stays at $10,000. Now he gets Tampa Bay. It's just too cheap. Go get yourself some Christian McCaffrey. Next up on the docket, Ezekiel Elliott at $8,200. I'll take this here. Ezekiel Elliott in week one at a very elite 25 five touches, evaded five tackles. He pretty much looked good in every single aspect. He ran 28 routes as well, got a touchdown there. So his pass catching role, his overall routes run, that looked good. It maybe even gets better with no more Blake Jarwin. He had 25 total touches. That's pretty much as elite as it gets for a running back. He had five evaded tackles. That's very good when you're evading five tackles. So his game looks to be as crisp as ever. 66 yards post contact, after contact, 66 yards. Everything for Ezekiel Elliott's game was clicking in week one. Now he gets an Atlanta team where they're seven point favorite to the 28 and a half total. That notoriously over the last three or four years has been bad against running backs. You just saw Chris Carson catch six passes, who's not really known to be a pass catching running back. I think Ezekiel Elliott at $8,200 is going to be somewhat chalky and rightfully so. If you can't fit Christian McCaffrey in your cash lineups, which I really didn't play Christian McCaffrey in cash last week. I didn't think you had to when Boston Scott and some other players opened up at cheaper price points to get you onto the Julio's or Devonte Adams absolute monster weeks, which is exactly what I ended up getting to. Boston Scott did not get hurt in the third quarter and come out for most of the third and, and be injured for most of the fourth, we might have got a double digit performance. But seven points out of him was more than enough to win 69%, I think it was 66% of cash lineups in week one. Kenyon Drake as a six and a half point favor, the 26.25 total against Washington. That's defensive line looked ferocious, but that's run defense for the most part has not looked very good. Austin Scott was actually graded efficiently last week. So was Corey Clement. Like they, they played well against this team. They just didn't have enough volume, right? They didn't have enough volume. They were playing injured at times for Boston Scott's case, but they played very well. Washington's run defense does not look all that improved. Yes, their pass rush does look improved, but it's always been pretty decent, right? Their front seven is quote unquote ferocious, but against the run, just like last year, it didn't look that great in week one. The efficiency numbers for the Philadelphia Eagles running backs were good. Now you have Kenyon Drake coming to town. Who's 18 opportunities and two targets in week one. He ran 25 routes out of the backfield. He's only $5,900. I love that. 
But man, oh man, you're not going to tell me not to play Jonathan Taylor this week. I don't know what the format's going to be, but I'm going to be playing it. He was mega efficient with 5.15 yards per route run on just 13 routes. Expect that number to go up. Expect 16 to 18 plus touches for the man who was just named the starter yesterday afternoon. Now that Marlon Mack is likely done for the year with an Achilles rupture or Achilles tear, whatever it might have been. Minnesota, after one week, has the second worst run defense against the Packers and Aaron Jones last week. And Jonathan Taylor has Phillip Rivers as his quarterback, who again, threw 37 times to the running backs last week. And now you can exclude some of Marlon Mack's totals there. If you're going to be getting Jonathan Taylor in this matchup right now, it's three point favorite to the 24 and a half point team total behind the Colts offensive line with Phillip Rivers checking down to you. I can only assume that Jonathan Taylor is going to see 14 carries. I can only assume that he's going to see a minimum of four targets with the upside of six to eight. And really the upside for his carries, if they stay up in this one, is 20. Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to probably be projecting for a minimum of 16 touches and more times than that, a median of 17 and a half to 18. At $5,700 as a favorite with a pass catching upside that we just saw everybody in the draft, Jonathan Taylor can't catch passes. You're comparing him to Clyde Edwards-Alaire and DeAndre Swift. And oh, the irony that DeAndre Swift drops the game-winning touchdown, which ruined one of my bets actually, in week one for the Detroit Lions. And Jonathan Taylor goes out there and catches 100% of his passes and averages an elite yards per route run at 5.15. Oh, the irony. So yes, I want all the Jonathan Taylor. And then I want another rookie in Clyde Edwards Lair. He's priced all the way up to $7,400. So give me Jonathan Taylor more times than not. I'll take Zeke more times than not as of right now. My projections again will be out later today and or Wednesday. But Clyde Edwards Lair at $7,400. Matchup against the Chargers front seven. Yeah, that's tough. Their defensive line. So right now he's a yes, I might change that. But he's the workhorse here. Expect 18 plus touches factored in. And he didn't even get involved in the receiving game last week. Expect all the goal line work. Like he had last week and was getting stuffed every single time it appeared. She get that receiving game factored in a little bit for a six and a half point favorite with a 28 and a half team total. Again, he scored a touchdown week one. Touchdown running backs in a Patrick Mahomes offense score 1.7 touchdowns per game. So I'm going to be expecting some multi-touchdown games from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire soon. He should have had that in week one if he didn't get stuffed so many times in the one. But here we go. Run it back. $7,400 Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now there's a list of a bunch of running backs that I'm going to be parsing through as the week goes on. I'll, I'll mention one guy that you can't see on the screen if I scroll down. He's all the way at the bottom right now. Benny Snell, a lot of people are going to want to jump up and down for because look, you just had, you have to track a couple of things. James Conner got hurt. Benny Snell goes over 120, right around 120 yards, goes over 100 yards. They were hyping up in the preseason. They said he made a lot of improvements. And yes, he did come out and he looked very good. But a couple of things here. He's $4,500. He's not the minimum of 4,000 like all the running backs last week. A couple of things here. He has not really shown a pass catching skill set, which I think Jalen Samuels is still going to patrol there. And although there's six point favorites, the Denver Broncos run defense was number one last year and it just held Derrick Henry on 31 attempts to 3.7 yards per carry. So I obviously don't think Benny Snell is Derrick Henry by any means. And they have a pretty decent offensive line out there just replaced Jack Conklin with a first round pick as well. So here's the thing, track James Conner's injury, but don't be jumping up and down. Benny Snell, yeah, he's probably going to get 15 plus touches in cash. If you want to go there as a favorite, that's fine. Just know that this matchup is absolutely brutal. If you get 16 to 18 touches out of Benny Snell on the ground, do not be shocked if he's only producing for you 60 yards, right? Then you're banking on the touchdowns, which is not really something I want to be betting on all that much in GPPs. If you want to bank on it in cash, that's fine just to get the volume in there. But I'm just going to be pointing that out. Everybody in their videos are probably going to say it's Benny Snell week. It's Benny Snell week. This matchup is as brutal as they come. Like if you watch the Monday night football game, you know that it started pretty late on the East coast, but you know how good this Denver defensive line is even without Von Miller in there, right? Their run defense last year. I mean, they were down a bunch of guys, Bradley Chubb, a bunch of guys last year in their run defense. And they were fantastic. Number one in the league, according to pro football focus, do not be taking that lightly. This run defense is absolutely elite. Saquon Barkley, I had him as a yes to start, but at similar price points, actually $200 more expensive than Zeke. How can I get there? Right? That offensive line looked absolutely horrendous. Now he got a bunch of receptions and he looked very good when he finally got into open space, but he couldn't do anything on the ground. There was literally a prop at plus 100 on FanDuel Sportsbook that I didn't take, but my brother 
brother-in-law took for plus $100 if you get it and you take it if he just gets 10 rushing yards. I think he finished with six overall rushing yards. I don't know how many carries he ended up having, like 15, but he was active in the receiving game. Again, it was a very good defense he was facing. The Bears are known to be a good defense, but not as good in my opinion with their front seven than the Pittsburgh Steelers, but still makes it a little bit scarier and knocks him down to a maybe. Todd Gurley saw just 46% of the running back snaps, but he did see 16 total touches, but the other running back saw nine total touches. So I still think Todd Gurley is the guy out there right now, and they were trailing a ton, so he might not have been the guy that they wanted on the field in those situations. They went a lot of four wide receiver sets as well. So he seems okay at $6,100, still affordable. Derek Henry coming off of a three reception game, which is pretty big for him for 15 yards, 34 total touches at 7,900. I still prefer Zeke because I think their workloads will be similar and Zeke will have more opportunities because his team will get to the red zone more and more opportunities in the passing game in his matchup. Other guys down here to monitor, Austin Eckler, 20 overall touches, just one reception, 19 carries and had no goal line work. You saw Joshua Kelly, the backup rookie running back out of UCLA, saw all three of the carries inside the five yard line. Could be a little bit concerning. That's what we saw in camp. And that's what we saw now in week one. Miles Sanders track him. They're saying that Miles Sanders could have played in week one, but they were overlooking Washington is what some beat reporters are speculating now. So Miles Sanders against the Ram tracked the injury. Apparently he was okay in week one. It could be a decent spot for Miles Sanders this week as a four point favorite and a 26 and a half team total and also being involved in the passing game. And then there's a bunch of other running backs that I could call out on the cheap end. Ronald Jones at $5,200 gets this Carolina run defense that after one week ranks dead last in the league. Fournette only played like nine snaps, five carries for like five yards. Ron Jones has 17 touches, but only 11 routes run. So he looked decent, but he looked pretty one dimensional. Tevin Coleman is at $4,000 flat, the minimum right now. He only played six snaps because of the elevation and his breathing and really just not even the elevation, but it was more so the fires out in San Francisco. So keep an eye on that because I don't really want to play Tevin Coleman with all three of these running backs back there. And Jarek McKinnon looking very good in week one, five targets on 13 routes run, scoring a touchdown. It's at least worth pointing out that he is now the cheapest San Francisco running back. You have James Robinson who saw all 17 touches in the backfield, 16 carries in week one for Jacksonville, but they're now 10 and a half point underdogs with a 16.25 total against the Tennessee pretty decent front. So I'm not really sure if I want to go there at $4,400. Elvin Gordon got 18 touches in week one, three receptions. He was the dude in this backfield. No, it wasn't a 50-50 split with Philip Lindsay. I don't know why people are believing that coach speak. Yes, they wanted to keep Philip Lindsay's uh, feelings feeling good, right? But no, that wasn't going to be the case. Naeem Hines at 5,300. He was the RB1 once Mac went out last week, but now they're saying that it's going to be Jonathan Taylor this week. I expect Hines to still be involved. He ran 28 routes last week. I would expect somewhere around 20 routes run this week for Hines. Probably see four or five targets for Hines. The question is though, is he now just going to get like five or six carries on the ground now that it's a Jonathan Taylor show? So I prefer Jonathan Taylor much, much more than Naeem Hines for only a little bit of a price bump. And if you're listening on the podcast, some other names on this list are Dalvin Cook. Some other names on this list are David Johnson, Tariq Cohen. And I believe that is all the names right now as I got about 20 running backs on this list early on. And now we head into the wide receivers, which is always going to be the longest list because every single team has two wide receivers that start three that run a lot of routes. So yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to go through every single one of them because early in the week right now on this list, as you always should, I got about 37 wide receivers on here. You should, if you're stacking 12 quarterbacks, well then bam, right there, you're probably going to have like 25 plus wide receivers alone, not even counting the one-offs, right? Not even counting if you have 13 quarterbacks that you're stacking in 150 lineups. So a lot of these guys, I'm just going to like because they're good wide receivers and decent matchups, which will break down later in the week on the final thought show, exact matchups. A 22 page game by game notes will be going up on my Patreon. Projections will be going up on my Patreon. Thursday night football showdown ranks and projections going to be going up on my Patreon. All that stuff linked down below if you want to support me. About 100 people signed up last week. Welcome aboard, everybody. I appreciate you all. And as we get into the wide receivers, I'll also point out yet again, Monkey Knife Fight, promo code SoundFL. If you want a 10 hour free course and you also want some bonuses on Monkey Knife Fight, $5 for free, a free contest. And you also get in there the 10 hour free course from me. You also get some other deposit bonus. Starting it off with Chris Goblin up top. He was fine in the middle of the field last week. He ran 39 rounds and he just had a very okay game. Didn't get the touchdown, so it didn't make it spectacular, but six catches for 79 yards. And that's with all the attention really going on him with Mike Evans banged up and Lattimore kind of shutting him down one-on-one. Now we get to match up against Carolina. That again was very bad. Their secondary, they got no names out there, right? They got absolutely no names in their secondary right now. So it does not look good for Carolina. Chris Goblin is going to be a matchup 
nightmare in the slot. He looks good to me. Good projection. Devonta Adams at 8,100. He should be the most expensive receiver. A 41.5% target share last week. Averaged 3.63 yards per out run on 43 outs, 17 targets. This man went berserk for over 150 yards and two touchdowns against Holton Hill against a very bad secondary. Now he gets Detroit secondary that has nobody. Jeff Okuda, the rookie that they signed, missed week one. If that happens again, even if he's out there, I don't care. Devonta Adams is literally matchup proof, right? He's he's toasted every single quarterback. Xavier Rhodes in their prime. He is the only guy that's toasted Stefan Gilmore. And Stefan Gilmore has said on an interview on the Colin Coward show, Super Bowl week last year, he said, the only guy that I think can beat me and the guy that is the best wide receiver I've ever faced is Devontae Adams. This man is matchup proof. He's $8,100. Yes, he's tough to get to, but obviously I'm going to have some. Julio Jones at $7,400 and Matt Ryan stacks makes a lot of sense. 47 routes run, nine catches, 12 targets, over 150 yards. 3.34 yards per route run is very elite. Look, another solid spot for Julio against Dallas. There's nobody out here that can really guard him. A 1.15x multiplier on Superdraft probably makes him a better option for me over on Superdraft than Devontae Adams. And keep going down through the elite receivers who saw a ton of targets, 94% of the snaps. DeAndre Hopkins took no time to break out right away with his quarterback, Kyler Murray. He goes out there, he runs 49 rounds, he sees 16 targets. He goes absolutely berserk himself for like 150 total yards. Now he'll get Fabian Moreu, who last year was not that great for Washington, but in week one was pretty damn solid for Washington, but he was facing guys like Deshaun Jackson, who were somewhat limited 30 routes run. He was facing a rookie in Jalen Rieger, who only ran 30 routes. So we'll see now that he's got a real wide receiver on him and DeAndre Hopkins, what Moreo can actually do after having a successful week one. $6,400 is as cheap as it's going to get and way too cheap for Mike Evans if, if, if he is healthy. If he is healthy, this is a clear starting spot for your stacks with Tom Brady. $6,400 for a wide receiver who's going to probably produce $7,000 plus production more times than not in this matchup against Carolina is way too good. He had his full role. He was just playing hobbled. He was just playing through pain. He had his full role because he ran 39 routes in week one. So yes, he's obviously still going to be out there. And as of last week, unless there's any setbacks, I expect him to at least be out there for that much usage in an easier matchup and now be a week healthier. You're going to get Allen Robinson, who had a fine week, week one, just didn't blow up. Very similar week to Chris Godwin, just had a fine week, nine targets, five catches, 74 yards, ran 36 routes. Now he gets a little bit of a tougher matchup facing James Bradbury in this one. You're going to get Logan Ryan anytime he moves into the slot. So tougher matchup overall, cornerback versus wide receiver matchup, but Allen Robinson is fine. You're going to get the red zone targets to start to appear. Maybe that fourth quarter where Mitch scores three touchdowns will boost Mitch's confidence to actually get a little bit more going early on. On five of those nine targets were deep targets for Allen Robinson. That's number one in the NFL so far. Deep targets are targets of 20 or more yards overall. DJ Moore in week one was good. There's some concerns though. Robbie Anderson developing a role on this team, 75-yard touchdown. Curtis Samuel seeing targets. Ian Thomas not really seeing any targets. And you have McCaffrey in the backfield. The concern here is how long can DJ Moore stay? And he is he going to be the number one alpha on this team or is the ball going to get spread around? After one week, the answer is the ball's going to get spread around, but he still did see at least nine targets, which is nice to see on 37 routes run. He's just $6,300 and a nice matchup. Only a 20 implied team total, but they're going to be trailing as they have an eight and a half point underdog spread against Tampa Bay. So I do like the fact that they'll be throwing a little bit more with Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of that might not be downfield as he did not really see a lot of downfield targets. Dallas, I already talked about it like Dak, so I'm going to be interested in all the Dallas stacking options at receiver. C.D. Lamb in the slot, Michael Gallup out wide, and Amari Cooper saw 10 receptions on 13 targets for 81 yards in a tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey last week. He ran 43 routes. I like it. He wins an elite matchup, and now we'll get an even easier matchup against Atlanta. As we go down some more, Robert Woods, the true number one, if you will, stand up. They designed so many plays for Robert Woods if you watch that game on Sunday Night Football. I mean, the first drive alone, he had like three catches for 50 yards and two straight up design plays for him. 3.62 yards per route run on 29 yards overall. The true number one in the Rams offense. I like this a lot. 22 and a half implied team total, but I expect Robert Woods to continue to be the number one wide receiver out there at a fair price point. These are the guys that you want to stack. Robert Woods, Cooper Cups with Jared Goff. I like it a lot. Terry McLaurin has a potential run back option in your Arizona stacks or just a one-off option. $5,900. Only saw seven targets week one. Haskins did not look that great. It's a nice price point here. You did have McLaurin running 36 routes, but Haskins did not look that great. Less than a 20 implied team total. This is mainly just a run back option. I'm not really sure where else I'll be getting Terry McLaurin as a one-off because there's just so 
many other better guys at his price point. You have AJ Brown, who I have on here. He plays on Monday Night Football. I'll have the analysis later in the week for him. So I'll have the analysis for matchups later in the week. It's now Tuesday morning, so Monday Night Football is over. I can tell you that he did see decent targets, seven to eight targets in week one. He had a fine game. You had Corey Davis finally being the guy who blew up, and we talked about him on the live stream on Monday night. Corey Davis was the cheapest that I would go at wide receiver, $3,800 in the two-game slate, something to monitor for sure moving forward. But now I'll have a fine matchup in Jacksonville where their defense is just absolutely suspect. A nice team total of 26.75 for this Jaguars team with a 10-point favorite. It's just screaming Derrick Henry is the play here. But again, a 10-point favorite, you're going to have to score some points other ways. So if you do want to get some sneaky Ryan Tannehill stacks in there, or at least one offset AJ Brown, I would not be shocked to see that work out for you. And now this is where I want to get to the Indianapolis Colts and their beautiful matchup against the Vikings secondary that coming into the season was not going to be looking good. Pass rush was not really there. And boy, oh boy, did it look terrible. I mean, they lost a bunch of pieces on their offensive line. They never really had a secondary. They lost some safety pieces and some cornerbacks that weren't that good, like Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Alexander McKenzie was good in the slot. And now he goes over to, I believe, the Cincinnati Bengals. So they did lose some spots there. But now you have T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, who each saw nine targets in week one. T.Y. Hilton, fine spot for him. Very nice spot for overall in the stacks. 40 routes run in week one. Looks good. Paris Campbell, 95% of his snaps out of the slot. 39 routes run. Nine targets. A 20 plus percent overall team target share. And now he has an elite matchup coming into the slot here in Minnesota. I love these stacking options. Campbell's price goes from 3,900 to only 4,500. Campbell's price right now on Superdraft does not change. He still has a 2X multiplier. Go snag that. So that's a bunch of wide receivers like early on. There's obviously a list and I can just list them off without really breaking down more into it of other guys that I love. There's going to be a shit ton of them, right? Jalen Rieger, Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill, Kenny Galladay, as long as he is healthy for stacks, Michael Gallup in the stacks, DJ Shark, Calvin Ridley, Marvin Jones, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of them. Christian Kirk, I like on here now as a better overall matchup. Only 12 slot snaps last week, but he ran 45 routes, a lot of them against Richard Sherman. That's why he's not going to really pop off as much. Golden Tate, if he's healthy, Deshaun Jackson, Jamison Crowder, Sammy Watkins, Deontay Johnson. Like there's a bunch of guys that are beyond here. We'll break down them more and more later in the week. You can get my projections on all these guys later in the week and or today. There's just so many wide receivers that have to be in play and I will have exposure to because of stacks and I'll finalize my stacks, of course, later in the week. Let's move over to tight end. And as we do, before we get into this bad boy, hit the like button hit the subscribe button. Do all those things for me. I appreciate you all a ton. Check out Monkey Knife Fight. Support this channel. Again, we're approaching 28,000 subscribers. I expect we'll get there by the end of the week. So thank you all in advance. You all rock. Like, subscribe. $50 chance on the podcast if you leave a review on the Sal Vetri Show. Decent chance to win there. So getting to tight ends. Again, these tight ends, the yeses and the maybes don't really read too much into them, right? This is the position that you always want to analyze the most based on projections, based on stacking. So Mark Andrews, yes, he's going to look good. Good team total. We finally saw his snaps come up. The routes run still look good. A strong matchup. Five catches, 86 yards, and two touchdowns in week one. 146.5 quarterback rating. He had an absolutely beautiful catch for a touchdown to start that game off. Looks pretty good. A 1.1 super draft multiplier as well. Looks decent. Zach Ertz was outplayed by his teammate Dallas Goddard, but he still played well. 18 snaps out of the slot. Seven targets. He had three catches, 18 yards, and a touchdown. He did have a drop as well, and he was blocking a lot as well. So you had Zach Ertz, who normally doesn't block, was blocking more than usual because just how bad the Eagles offensive line was. His teammate in Dallas Goddard, when absolutely berserk last week for overall 52 yards after the catch over 100 yards in the touchdown on nine targets at 11 slot snaps and he overall caught eight balls in week one Hayden Hurst I'm going right back to here price point barely comes up he ran overall 27 routes out of the slot which was the most in the NFL for tight ends in week one he had a very difficult matchup against Bobby Wagner and also Jamal Adams that he was seeing all game long last week now he gets a very nice spot only two tight ends saw two deep targets last week and he was one of them and here's your guy here's your value play of the week if you want to play cash maybe I don't know but Logan Thomas $3,600 a lot of hype in camp about Logan Thomas and it really showed out. I got him in a couple of best ball teams. So I'm kind of happy. A 26% target share in week one. He ran 18 snaps out of the slot and he saw eight overall targets. He had wild usage from Dwayne Haskins. I like this. 
just $3,600. 2x multiplier on Superdraft. An underdog here, so you're going to see more pass attempts for, for Dwayne Haskins. Give me some Logan Thomas. And then we can go on to all the studs. Travis Kelsey at 7,000. George Kittle at 6,700. If you want to play with these guys, George Kittle did get banged up, hyper extended his knee last game, so keep an eye on it. But he did also play 98% of his snaps still and ran 31 routes, saw five targets. Travis Kelsey played seven snaps out of the slot, but did see six targets, caught all six of them 100% for 50 yards and a touchdown. Lots more to see here. Evan Ingram, I wish I can play him with more confidence, but the offensive line looked brutal. It was really hard to find Evan Ingram downfield. It was even hard to find him seven to eight yards in the middle of the field because of trying to track his progressions. Daniel Jones was getting sacked or knocked down or had to move after about one and a half seconds on that Monday night football game. DJ Hawkinson looked very good. He's the next guy to probably become a yes for me at $5,200. Lower target share than I would like with Kenny Galladay, not out there, about 15%, but he still looked very good out there. 34 yards after the catch, five receptions on a five of his targets, 56 yards and a touchdown for Hawkinson. Against Green Bay this week, it seems like a fine spot to me against some shaky tight ends as an underdog. You're going to throw more. We'll make him a yes for now. Hunter Henry showed good connection and a lot of targets were coming from Tyrod Taylor. You had eight going to Mike Williams. You had seven going to Keenan Allen. You had Hunter Henry coming in here in the middle of the field and seeing eight targets on 29 routes run and he ends up getting five catches for 73 yards. So it looked like you're getting a pretty nice spot overall for Hunter Henry and his quarterback Tyrod Taylor's early chemistry. 2.52 yards per route run. Seems pretty good. Jonathan Smith looked great on Monday Night Football. So a 20% target share. Just caught a touchdown. I like Jonathan Smith this week against Jacksonville at $4,200. It's just a matter of how much can I actually get to him compared to some guys that'll be stacking. And do I really want to go there in my cash lamps when Logan Thomas had an even better week at a cheaper price point? And then we can list out some of the rest of the names. Chris Herndon's on here. He saw no slot snaps, but he ended up catching six balls on seven targets for 37 yards. Good to see that usage. Tough matchup against Sam Fran now. Jack Doyle, 23 slot snaps, but Campbell was the guy who was owning the middle of the field. So you can keep an eye on that. Doyle's price point doesn't change at 3,600. And I would expect a lot of people are hyped up on Doyle last week. I was one of them. He just has a very meh week, right? He comes out, he doesn't play absolutely fantastic. He comes out and just has a very meh week overall. But here's the thing. It's flop lag. He's going to be in a very similar situation yet again, an even better matchup now this week for him. So I'm going to be going right back to Jack Doyle on my stacks. I'm okay with it. I don't want to put Jimmy Graham on here, but it's at least worth mentioning. Jimmy Graham last week was involved. He played 18 snaps out of the slot. He was very much involved. Six targets on 31 routes run. 58% of his snaps came out of the slot, which is very elite usage for a tight end. And then finally, I'll call out Mike Gusecki for 21 slot snaps last week, but a brutal matchup again after having a tough one against New England week one, and even touch one now against Pointer in the secondary for Buffalo at the safety position. So those are our tight ends. Guys that I'm looking at a lot right now, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas, and we'll probably put TJ Hawkinson on there. Again, I'll have interest in a lot of these guys. Chris Herndon's cheap. Jack Doyle's still cheap. These guys will be in my stack exposures and also considerations for cash and other single entry game types. We made a gang week two in the books. If you watched all the way through, let me know in the comments section, whether it's on the podcast, you want to reach out to me on Twitter at DFS. You should all be following me there, by the way, or if it's on the comment section on YouTube, let me know if you watch all the way. You're a true G. I appreciate you a ton. Leave a comment with any questions you might have. I'll try and answer them. If you're an asshole, I'll just hit you with the block button. You'll never get answered because negativity does not live on this channel. You get smacked with the ban button. Shout out Pat Mayo. But thank you all a ton. I appreciate you. Please do before you go, if you hit the like button, subscribe button, check out all the work that I have to do on Patreon. I put in a ton of work over there. Projections, rankings for showdown slates. I put in a ton of notes. 22 page game by game notes went out last week. You're gonna have another one this week, probably longer since there's 13 games now. We also ended up doing our closing thoughts podcast on Saturday last week. So check it all out. I really do appreciate you all. Everything will be updated up to the news up until locks. So you can check that out. Support the sponsors of the show, Superdraft and Monkey Knife Fight. All the information for the promotions down below. If you want my 10 hour daily fantasy course for free on the NFL, get better at it, be more informed, learn the game strategy side of it and bankroll management and all this other stuff and all the tricks of the trade. You can learn all that stuff down below for free if you sign up for Monkey Knife Fight and minimum deposit $10 promo code SALNFL. Thank you all. Peace out. Hit the notification bell. We'll be live three more times this week. I appreciate you and I'll see you in the next one.